Hey everybody, it's Rob, ready for another great show today. I am so excited about this one. Um, th th this, this, this is a show I've been anticipating uh, tremendously. We just had to get the, the, the event to move on the calendar so that I could really dig into this show. Today is about Godzilla, Kaiju, Monsters, Kong, Godzilla versus Kong. But the most important part, the reason that I am so psyched is because we are going to deep, deep dive into when Godzilla was published by Marvel Comics. And it was this period where Godzilla had uh, just just exploded back onto the scene. We'll, we'll talk about the cartoons. We'll talk about uh, the, the comics, the toys. It, the, the, whoever was in charge of licensing him, I believe it was, you know, the Toho uh, Industries, they... Uh, Man, they nailed it. Godzilla came back in the biggest possible way and ultimately would find himself, while he was being published by Marvel Comics, uh, throwing down with Ghost Rider, Hercules, Black Widow, Angel, Iceman, Thor, Iron Man, the entirety of the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, The Thing, Nick Fury, Shield, Marvel jammed this thing through. That that is the champions roster I just re read to you. It's called the Champions, a team that was together in the seventies. Fantastic Four, the Avengers, and of course Nick Fury and Shield, and 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 they all crossed paths with Godzilla in the most wild and wonderful manner. The book was produced by top flight Marvel talent. The, the, these were no slouches. This wasn't a bunch of fill-in guys. Uh, pr pretty much the, the, the creative team stayed together the entire time. But you guys, Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong hit this week. I have been anticipating it. I hope you've been anticipating it. It, 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 it hit on HBO Max and it has come back into the theaters. I'm going to try and grab it on the big screen because I was so absolutely blown away. So absolutely blown away by the visuals, by Adam Wingard's amazing direction. He he really, really digs digs his teeth into the uh, kaiju, the monsters, the scale, the scope. My, my friends who, who I really trust had told me how much I was going to absolutely love it, and, and they were not wrong. They were right on the money. Um, but I just, I wasn't expecting uh, it to be as, as just crisp and clean. Uh, my only complaint with with the last one, Godzilla, King of All Monsters, it was very dark, very hard to see. I really enjoyed Gareth Edwards' uh, twenty fourteen Godzilla reboot. I I I loved that he treated it like Jaws. It took a long time for us to get a good look and get our satisfying uh, extended time with Godzilla. It was building up. I loved Aaron Taylor Johnson chasing him across the country, across the world. Uh, Kong Skull Island is my favorite entry in the entire MonsterVerse. I, I think it's the most uh, packed with great acting and, and probably gives the actors the most fun stuff to do. It has, it has up until Kong Godzilla, it has for me the best monster fights. But, but Kong versus Godzilla delivered. I mean, you know, come on, you watched it. If you watched it, you were wondering like, Okay, did did a hundred million people die in Tokyo at the end? Did 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 fifty million? Did 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 five million? I mean, and and was it six trillion hundred hundred trillion dollars worth of damage? I mean, they just let it rip. Skyscraper after skyscraper after skyscraper is destroyed, is devastated. It's uh, it's it the the action is just fantastic. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I am going to spoil something here real quick, right here at the four twenty mark of this podcast. So if you want to jump and turn me off right now, that's fine. So spoiler, spoiler! I'm saying it one more time. Spoiler: When Mecha Godzilla, yes, Mecha Godzilla, uh, romps and tosses Godzilla and Kong into each other, and and the shot when Kong climbs on top of Mechagodzilla and wails on him with that axe. Come on, man. The, the, the eight-year-old Rob Liefeld is freaking out. And I know right now that my nephews, who are like 11 and 8 themselves, uh, 11 and 7, uh, uh, big shout out to... 
<laughs> to Levi and Milo, I have been giving them uh, g- giant Godzilla uh, and Pacific Rim kaiju toys for the last several Christmases. And I know how much they are anticipating this. And I hope that uh, their aunties, uh, my, no, their mommies, my, that they're, to my kids, they're their aunties, w- are, are totally down with showing them this film because uh, I mean, my wife and I were talking last night. Joy, Joy my, my my wife, she she only confirmed for me what I always suspected that these movies. While she was polite and she went to see uh, uh, Kong Skull Island with me in the theaters, and the uh, Gareth Edwards original Godzilla, she tapped down on King of All Monsters, and and she uh, she said that she had a book to read last night and was not going to accompany me on my monster fest. So if 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 you're a husband out there. And your wife went to do the dishes for two hours, or to make some calls, or to read a book. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm with you. I'm down with you. I know what that feels like. That that was me last night. Now, uh, I'm I'm going to take you back because I don't know. Everybody has their entry point to where they came in contact with Godzilla and or King Kong and uh, 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 kaiju in general. Okay, for for me. You gotta understand. I've, I've mentioned it before, and and of course, you know, I'm a child of the '70s. If you are, you know, a certain age, you're the child of the '90s. You're the child of the '80s. Um, the great thing again about my childhood is it carries through. You know, uh, Godzilla did not end. King Kong did not end. Westerns did not end. Superheroes clearly did not end. I mean, so, so much of this stuff. Did, did they? Did they? I mean, they already remade Battlestar Galactica. They extended. Star Wars life into all these new elements to where we have Star Wars TV shows. So again, when I speak of my childhood, and I hope you don't get um, tired of it, because man, my childhood was awesome. I loved it. My toys, my 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 comics, my coloring books, my my uh, Viewmaster. We'll do a thing on Viewmaster some other time. My Power Records. Okay, those are such great memories, and I just love that all that stuff really was just being planted or or I was watching the the next wave of its growth obviously Godzilla and King Kong predated me uh but 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 I was there in the earliest kind of uh American exposure to to to, to these monster films as they stripped them um in syndication for for afternoon movies whether it was on the weekends or again what I'm getting into right now is uh, the afternoon movie. Now, here's the deal. There was a time, I, I know this is like going to blow you away, but there was a time in American television in, in Los Angeles, and I've talked to my buddies who were growing up in New York at the same time because they had the same thing. You, the, their local ABC station and my ABC station, both Channel 7, the, the ABC network, um, it, I, they were doing the same thing at the same time. And it was the afternoon movie. And, and there was a time where there was no talk shows. You didn't have Oprah, Donahue. You didn't have um, the, these these talk shows that came on after soap operas. If they came on, they they, they came on um, in the evening or they were at like at the noon or the one hour, the one o'clock in the afternoon. But the, the right after soap operas ended, so right after the women watched their soap opera block of which back in the day there was like a dozen across the networks. They um, channel seven in Los Angeles, and again, I know for a fact in um, in New York City would strip out uh, uh, Monday through Friday theme weeks. That there were Western theme weeks, there were you know Kung Fu Karate weeks. That's where I got familiar with, and I think Tarantino probably did too with the first exposure to Bruce Lee and all his movies. Monday through Friday, they did like traditional horror monsters during Halloween. So you got the the original Frankenstein, the original Dracula, you know, the the, the mummy, you, you, you got Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. I mean, that, that's where I, my exposure was to all this stuff. On Planet of the Apes, they had Go Ape Week. It was a big, big deal. And it was perfect because there was five movies. I've told you guys this before. It was Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, um, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. One, two, three, four, five. Monday through Friday. So they did Monster Week, okay? Just it, they would call it Destroy All Monster Week and it would culminate Friday was always Destroy All Monsters. And uh, you got King Kong on Monday, you got Godzilla on Tuesday, you got um the the uh the the Godzilla 
Godzilla Ghidorah, no Godzilla Mothra movie. Then you got Godzilla versus Kong, and then you got Destroy All Monsters on on Friday, and and that was one of my favorite weeks because I love these monsters. And you have to remember looking at looking at this. So this is 1976 because I watched in a very specific, um, you know, that there was a very specific place in our house, in that house that we lived on, on Broadway Street uh, in Anaheim that we watched these movies. And, and it was black and white. We had a black and white television. I did not have a color television in 1975, 1976. We would not get a color television until 1977. It was a big deal. So everything was watched in black and white to me. But of my friends, my friends who had more legalistic parents... Again, my I was more of the liberal kid. I don't know how I wore my kid, my my parents down. I mean, I did have to hide certain comic books from them, as I've covered on this podcast. But I I really believe that uh, you know my, my my other friends, we would all make a break when the bell rang at three o'clock. At three o'clock, we would grab our bags and we would go into full full sprint mode. I mean, I have never run so hard and so fast as I did those afternoons during that period of my life to get home. We would jump hedges. Uh, we we would we would cut corners. We would race um, down the sidewalk. We would um, you know jump lights. I mean, it literally was a about a six seven block sprint. Um, we'd have to the 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 school parking lot was a giant piece of real estate to cover from our locker rooms. But once we got there, it's a, it's, it's about three blocks and three blocks or maybe three and a half blocks and three blocks to my house. And so why I'm telling you this is we would always miss about the first 15, 18 minutes and we would get into the house and we would gather in my room around the TV, that little, the, 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 the TV, that, that little tiny, little tiny monitor. I mean, the, the laptop that I'm recording this on was a bigger monitor, is a bu- bigger monitor than we watch these movies. But that was the 70s, baby. And that was technology. But we would watch these movies and be so excited. And, and, and like so many of you know, you are building to the few giant monster fights. I saw King Kong by itself originally outside of the monster, uh, the, the monster week, Destroy All Monster Week on the weekend um, movie out here, and I've talked to all sorts of guys. I mean, they played them way through the eighties. Um, the, the, there was the, uh, the 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 weekend a- afternoon movie, and it was hosted by a really nice guy, Tom something or other. And he'd always give you facts and and little tidbits. And it was it was it was kind of what TMCA does now all the time with all their movies, except this guy this guy would do it throughout um, on Saturday and Sunday, whatever you know, whether it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, you know, wilderness family, you know, whatever. They, they were always generally in the family range. King Kong was considered that, the original 1933 King Kong movie. And so, again, uh, uh, I had seen that in its entirety before. I didn't mind missing that. But most of these others, all these Godzilla Toho productions, uh, were, were literally, I only was exposed to them through this afternoon film format. And again, at 5 o'clock, the news came on. And by the 80s, you got the era of these talk shows that took over because I guess the, you know, kids like myself had seen every single um, theme week multiple times that the, I'm sure the ratings were eroding and it was time to retire the afternoon film festival, you know, the afternoon movie. And, and, and yet the great thing about missing the first 15 minutes, maybe you, maybe you missed a first you know, initial monster fight, but you know about these movies that, that the, it was the end fights. It's the end fight in Destroy All Monsters. It's the end fight, you know, with, with Godzilla. It's the end fight with Godzilla and King Kong. And look, to my eyes, to my, you know, eight and nine-year-old eyes, eight, seven and eight-year-old eyes, uh, come on, man. The, 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 these things look cool. And and now that I, I see them in a different light, I see them older, and I realize how kind of maybe mangy King Kong looks in a, uh, destroy all monsters, but it's your, your kid, your imagination is going wild. You can't believe that you're seeing this, you know, at all. And the black and white television definitely, definitely helped, uh, conceal the fact that that's a guy in a rubber Godzilla suit stomping around on little hot wheel towns. Okay. So, uh, but Godzilla was a big deal. I think, I think we all inter- interacted with Godzilla at some point in time. And my son and I were talking last night again, if I was my nephews, if I was Levi or Milo and I am watching 
Adam Wingard's Godzilla vs. King Kong, my head is blowing up. It is, I cannot even barely contain it. I, old man Liefeld, am barely containing myself watching it in my 50s, okay? I cannot believe the the depth of emotion and range on these creatures, the snarl in Godzilla's snout, the roar of, of, of King Kong back at Godzilla, the agility, the shots, the low camera, the sweeping low camera angles, all the worms I've used that we got in, in Adam Wingard's movie. Going to Hollow Earth was badass, I, I gotta tell you. Uh, Wingard took all of these great um, QAnon kind of conspiracy theories, and uh, and if, if if you really want to dig uh, deeper into it, before it was QAnon, and it was just there's this there's this whole conspiracy theory that believes that we are being manipulated by lizard people. Don't take my word for it. I, I slightly digress. In that uh, a year back, right before the pandemic hit, I went to get ammo for my pistol. Because did I dream of a time of an apocalyptic meltdown and people um, storming storming the doors of my house trying to get the last piece of our toilet paper and the last um, sliver of bacon? Yes, I did. I think we all, if we were all honest with each other, the beginning of the pandemic was very frightening. Well, I decided to go to our, and, and, and we were paranoid. We were all paranoid. I mean, how do you escape all that bullshit you know, toilet paper crap, right? So, 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 I mean, people were buying up so much toilet paper. We, we actually loaned some. We, we, you know, I, I, I then suddenly had a house of, of five grownups, basically, because my kids are in their older teens and my one son was back from college on spring break and couldn't go back. So, so we, we had a good stock of supplies and I had, um, told my wife ahead of time, we, we need to really, you know, buy canned goods. We, we were, we were ready for the apocalypse because who knew, right? Who knew? So this leads me to go and, and and stock up on ammo, and I and I had to wait in a very very long line at the local um, gun store, and in that line was uh, and my good friends will tell you that because this blew me away. I I I think this rattled me for days and days, and uh, the the people in front of me were doing these weird greetings, and and they talked as as QAnon people. They they said as go as as go. As go one, so go we all. And I was like, oh crap, they have a greeting. And if you're a QAnon person, okay, um, you know, just 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 tread tread carefully, okay. Just just maybe um, maybe research some of that stuff a little more. I think I think some of it it, it can easily be debunked. And um, and if I just lost you on the podcast, so be it. Bottom line, a bunch of QAnon people were in front of me. There was a soccer mom. There was her uh, her husband who was a coach here in Orange County. There was an accountant and a lawyer, and these were all these QAnon people, and they were saying some crazy stuff. and And I was just listening. and How can you not? I mean, they're right in front of me. It, I, I was not knowingly eavesdropping. It was hard. They were very loud and um, carrying on, and they were um, sharing a ton of conspiracy theories. Upon leaving the uh, gun store, I I called my buddy and I said, "You would not believe what I just heard! Oh my gosh! All this QAnon stuff!" And like, as go one, as go one, so go we all. It was creepy. It was almost like they had secret handshakes. And the one guy, the one lady, the soccer mom said, "Uh, you cute." And the guy goes, "Oh hell yeah, you you cute." And that's when they gave the as go one, so go we all. And it was like all military. And well, my buddy told me to watch this thing on Hulu called Above Majestic. Um, you will not, uh, you will not regret watching Above Majestic. It will freak you out. It is so packed with conspiracy theories and crazy sci-fi ideas and tropes about the lizard people, about time travel, about the hollow earth, about high-speed rails that can get us from California to Tokyo in an hour. All of these ideas are um, well, uh, uh, you know, documented in. Godzilla versus Kong. I, I really give it off to Adam Wingard for really embracing all of the crazy stuff in Above Majestic and incorporating it into a great sci-fi movie. I thought the Hollow Earth, uh, all, all I mean, come on, they they, they 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 take an elevator. I don't know if you realize this in the movie. They take an elevator thirty-three floors below the Earth, thirty fleet, thirty-three floors 
below the earth. And uh, that's significant, obviously, as you know, of the fact that Godzilla came out in 1933. And then there's all this, I mean, the facilities, 33 floors under the earth, are so advanced. They've been building them for years. They have high-speed rail that gets you from Florida to Tokyo in an hour. And, and so, again, in this documentary, it's called Above Majestic, and it's all about the greatest conspiracies of our time and how aliens landed on earth early on have i um um partake you know have i partaken in some of these crazy ideas before and by, by partaken i mean have i incorporated them into my fantasy comic books yes i have uh in 1998 i published an issue of evangeline that shows uh, and it's perfectly timed right now the easter season that we are in where, uh, in my mind, Moses will always be Charlton Heston and that great epic uh, Mount Sinai scene at the end when, you know, God is building the Ten Commandments. And, of course, Moses comes down to see that they've completely desecrated uh, their faith in the Lord and built the golden calf and he throws the Ten Commandments at them. And, uh, really, if you haven't seen Ten Commandments, they show it every year on, 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 on you know, ABC Network. I think for 40-plus years they have been the dedicated network, maybe more than that. I think since 1977 or 1978, ABC Network has shown during the Easter season, either Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday. Well, in my Evangeline series, I showed that who was giving Moses the tablets was an alien race. And there's a giant Steven Spielberg close encounters of the, you know, third kind uh, saucer fly, you know, right below the clouds, above the clouds uh, on Mount Sinai. So have I part partaken in crazy conspiracy some may say blasphemic, blas, blasphemic um, ideas. I have because they're fun. Because it's fun to do that, and it, it, it's fun to to um to take wild, crazy ideas and 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 sew them into the fabric of of whatever sci-fi that you're creating. It, it, it's fun. Those are really on on display in Kong versus Godzilla. It's really fun to follow that that, that what what Wingard is doing. But above all else, the monster throwdowns, whether it's Hollow Earth, whether it's on the aircraft. Uh, carriers, or whether it's uh, the, the final battle in Tokyo. It's it's spectacular. And it really made me, the, the way they're filmed, it made me it made me think of some of the best of the Marvel and DC superhero showdowns. And we just had, uh, in the last couple of weeks, the, the great Zack Snyder Justice League cut, which had some fantastic action set pieces. I believe that the action set piece pieces in Kong Godzilla are among the best ever filmed in this modern age. Somebody, you know, here's a great thing. I go on Twitter to praise things. I, if you haven't noticed, I, I very, very rarely um, go out of my, I, I, I just try and keep it positive and, and, and praise the stuff I like. I, I will not get in a fight with you. I will not try and turn your, in the early days, I would try and show you the, 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 full breadth of my arguments and, and all of the intelligence I could bring to a, uh, a discourse. I am no longer interested in that whatsoever. I just want to tell you what I liked. And in this case, praise the filmmakers for giving us what they gave. So I went on after seeing it last night and should said that I loved, loved King Kong and Godzilla, the Godzilla versus Kong, whichever, whatever the name is called. I mean, whatever the name, the, the name of the movie is and whoever name goes first. I don't have the menu in front of me, so it just, you know, Kong, Godzilla, Godzilla, Kong, whatever it's called. And I went on to praise it and see how great it was and how I thought the action set pieces were among the best ever. Well, immediately, not better than, you know, Mad Max Fury Road, not better than Avengers, not better than, not better. And it's like, thank you. Um, this is why Twitter sucks. <laughs> I just wanted to praise it. I just wanted to share my enthusiasm. I didn't want to get into a debate. I didn't want to hear how um, butthurt you are that Kong didn't feel as powerful as you thought he was or that Godzilla moved quicker than than you thought he should and that, that they gave him a super monster serum to make him go faster. Like, I'm just reading this stuff going, I just saw a cool monster throwdown. I saw Kong punch Godzilla repeatedly in the face. I saw Kong grab... Um, you know, bat eels or whatever those creatures were in hollow earth and take them by the tail and swing them into each other and break their head off and drink from their skulls. And I was digging it. All of my boyish, I'm not sure I can call it mannish, my boyish isms, urges were, were, were absolutely sated by, by Kong Godzilla. But 
by praising it, I open the door to get told it's not this, it's not that, it's not as much this. And, you know, I'm just here, just trying to share with you how excited I was. And it made me think those those action set pieces. I, I don't care what what anybody says. They're they're among the best. You, you you can maybe you know try and jostle them somewhere at the top, but they're at the top. Kong versus Godzilla, and then Kong and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is spectacular. That they must have had the best time figuring that out with toys, animatics, going through the action choreography, building towards the final CGI uh, CGC. Uh, not CGC, that's a grading service. That screwed me up. The the final computer graphics that we enjoyed so much. What just what a blast. All the all the movement, the angles, the jumps, the leaps, the swings of the axe, the counter punches, kicks, stomping on each other. It was so well done. That 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 the, the stuff in the ocean with the aircraft carriers was outstanding. I mean, you felt the weight when they had to pull themselves out of the water and get on those platforms and fight. Uh, I, I, I totally dug it. I, I, and it made me think of when Godzilla was published by Marvel Comics. And right here, uh, what you're going to hear he, right here, you, you can hear that. That's me flipping my bagged and boarded, very sacred, original Godzilla comic books. Because in 1978, there was a reawakening for Mr. Godzilla, it actually was 1977 that the comic book started getting published by Marvel Comics, and it was um, it was it was sent to us via you know the, the, uh, uh, an agreement between Toho and and Marvel Comics, and uh, and it it arrived like like with with much fanfare. Marvel advertised the crap out of this thing, and. Um, and then in 1978, the giant toys came and the Godzilla, um, I, I want to say it was called the Godzilla Power Hour. That's how I, I remember it being the Godzilla Power Hour came on NBC. It was part of their Saturday morning lineup and it was given a ton of, uh, of, of it was given a ton of, you know, uh, promotions as well. It, it, it lasted two seasons. They did they did twenty six episodes. Hanna Barbera produced it. Um, the only downside was that I did not and was not and am not and shall never be a fan of Godzuki. They gave him like a little mini Godzuki, the same way they gave like Savage Dragon a, a buggy and a talking dog in his cartoon. They did it to like make it kid friendly, right? Well, I was not necessarily on board for all of that, but but I man, I sure did enjoy. You know, I sure did enjoy, you know, watching the cool Godzilla animation. And he had a group of, you know, explorers and people that that he rallied around and protected. And he battled all sorts of monsters. And they're all, or I think a lot of this stuff you can you can see on YouTube. It's really fun, and uh, and and it was just uh, it was great to see Godzilla. And I got to be honest, re really, I I thought the for 1978 the animation was fun. So I'm getting Saturday morning Godzilla, you know. For two years, for two seasons, I'm getting it on NBC. They, 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 the same company that was producing the Shogun Warriors toys, which were these like, good God, they're like 16, 18 inch giant robots. They're in my house. They're on, on the floor of my office, always to remind me of how badass my childhood was. And they made a Godzilla to go along with the other um, Shogun Warriors, uh, Guy King, Raideen, Dragon um, and Mazinger, Mazinger, however you say it. I still don't don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but they made a Godzilla too, and 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 uh, I bought that, and I had all of them. Um, in retrospect, you know, the Godzilla was eh, kind of goofy looking, but but it was cool to have him as kind of the foil for my Shogun Warriors. Now Marvel also did a Shogun Warriors um, comic book, but the 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 coming of the Marvel Comics Godzilla comic book. Godzilla number one, king of all monsters, was advertised everywhere. It was advertised big time in the Marvel comics. They wanted you to know that they got the license to the king of monsters, Godzilla. And, you know, um, Toho Productions and Marvel Comics Presents. I mean, it was right out there on the cover, except knowing exactly what that cover looked like because they advertised it so heavily. Um, and, and, and fixating on that image, I did not 
was not able to find it on the comic racks. It came and went without my being able to purchase it. It was like this, uh, you know, it, 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 it's back in the day of newsstand distribution. And, 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 and as I've shared with you guys, all the different places that I bought these comics, somewhere between the liquor store, the 7-Eleven, the Stater Brothers, the U-Totem, it slipped through my fingers. But all was not lost. There was a mail-in uh, opportunity to, to to order direct from Marvel's mail-in uh, you know, company and get a subscription. Well, I didn't have enough money to get a subscription, but I had enough money, you know, whatever $2 that I was able to scrounge up um, and fold together in an envelope and send it through for my Godzilla King of Monsters issue number one because I did not want any comic as much as I wanted that comic. Sometimes you see an image, you see a cover, and you are just off to the races. You have to have it. You have to obtain it. So Godzilla King of Monsters was the first um, and pretty much only uh, during my childhood mail 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 order comic that I uh, that I ordered and and when it arrived when the mailman came to our door that day and the screen opened and he handed me this kind of uh, flimsy envelope and in the envelope in a brown paper bag that that was just one fold of tape over it was my very dingy very um, manhandled copy of Godzilla King of Monsters. I'm not sure it would get a grade of 6.8. It was really beat up. But, and I remember at first going, wow, the condition of this totally blows. And that's why I didn't ever order another comic book through the mail because the condition was bad. But man, did I, I it was magic. I, I, I sent away money to an address in a comic book to get a comic book. And it came within a few weeks, within six weeks. It, it it arrived six to eight weeks, and 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 I had Godzilla number one. I had a mail order Godzilla number one by Marvel Comics, written by Doug Minch, illustrated by Herb Trimpey, and about issue three. I didn't I didn't get issue two either. I think I had to wait and buy issue two as a back issue back issue. But by the time issue three came out, Godzilla was on my newsstand, um, at, at my distribution centers of all the different markets that I would um, frequent. So I was able to interact from issue three on and I never ever missed an issue. And 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 again, issue three is is when he battles the champions. And the champions at Marvel Comics right at the time was a new experimental super team, which took basically two of your Avengers, which was Hercules and Black Widow, and two of your X-Men in um in, in Angel and Iceman, and then they teamed him with they teamed with Ghost Rider to become the champions. And and unfortunately, it, it was absolutely one of my favorite comics of all space and time. As I as I as I as I flip through it right now, but unfortunately, it it just did not. The champions team did not, um, you know, make the cut. Now I I have to correct myself as I hold this comic in my hand. Ghost Rider. For whatever reason, maybe Toho is like, no demonic flaming head in this comic. There are only four of the five champions represented to battle Godzilla in this comic. And they are under, they coordinate their attack with S.H.I.E.L.D. And one of Nick Fury's um, second in command was a guy named Dum Dum Dugan. He, he's he's in Captain America First Avenger. He's he's in the movies. He's well documented. Dum Dum Dugan is a cool character. He was always in the Howling Commandos, and then followed Nick Fury to Shield. Nick's number two guy. Well, um, Dum Dum is Dum Dum Dugan and Shield are tracking Godzilla every single issue of the Marvel Godzilla series. And again, if you hear me, I am oh, I'm holding my Godzilla number one. The splash page is even better than the cover by Herb Trimpey. Um, Look out, America, the mightiest menace of them all is coming your way. Now in comics form, the blurb says. First fantastic issue. You guys, when the mailman delivered this to me in this jacked up state, I could not have been more thrilled to hold Godzilla number one. He is battling, he is he is throwing, you know, bridges around. He is throwing 18-wheeler trucks around and shield completely uh you know, you know, uh, interacts with these cool Jack Kirby style sky sleds. They fly around, they interact, they battle with him. Godzilla takes out S.H.I.E.L.D. He takes out their jets. He takes out their sky sleds. They cannot do so much as stop him. 
and and this first issue delivers 100%. Doug Mensch was uh, writing. Um, he was writing Moon Knight. He was writing a, a, a bunch of. Uh, he was writing Masters of Kung Fu, Shang Chi, uh, dedicated, and 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 he added Godzilla probably because he was a huge fan like I was. But 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 going back further, as he was obviously a little, a little older than than I was. But at the end of this first issue, Godzilla uh, takes off into the ocean and he's headed for Seattle and the next issue he gets to Seattle and then the issue after that he battles the champions but then things get rocking and rolling because Marvel gives us basically their version of destroy all monsters as Godzilla encounters Bat Dragon great name Bat Dragon you know if Marvel still has the rights to Bat Dragon maybe maybe do something with that because it is badass and Bat Dragon um, is a giant bat that looks like a dragon. He he looks like, you know, one of the dragons. His body is a dragon of one of the you know many dragons you would see on Game of Thrones. Um, but but on Godzilla's tail now is Doctor Demonicus and his horde. And so now you've got Dr. Demonicus and his horde and shield and they're all tracking Godzilla and monsters are coming out left and right to battle Godzilla and the art in these comics is fantastic. It is, it is, the scale is always there just like that movie. These movie, these comic books are just an absolute blast and it doesn't stop there. Um, after Bat Dragon, they go to the Isle of the Living Demons and, and Godzilla throws down with like four more monsters including Bat Dragon. Okay, it's the Isle of Lost Monsters. Oh my gosh, Klaus Janssen dropped the inks on this issue. It is so fantastic. There's, I mean, all sorts of these crazy giant flies and, and bugs and they're all battling and Dr. Demonicus is trying to get control of Godzilla and S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to hold off Dr. Demonicus and preserve Godzilla. It's almost like, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is Marvel Comics flying alongside their important Toho Productions license um and 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 shield is fulfilling the job that that marvel is supposed to be doing on behalf of toho productions throughout this always semi protect protecting godzilla and preserving him and making sure he gets from point a and for us it was you know the next the next issue now i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you why godzilla 7 and godzilla 8 are so damn important to me they introduce a giant robot built specifically to battle Godzilla called Red Ronin. If Red Ronin, um, who looks just spectacular, if Red Ronin sounds familiar to you, it is because he was so cool that he battled the Avengers in Avengers 197 and 198, I believe, were, were the issues that he battles the Avengers by George Perez, um, by David Michelini. So they took him right out of Godzilla and walked him right into an Avengers uh, adventure. But Red Ronin had a shield with a laser blade that came out of the shield. And if you were a Star Wars loving, um, a monster loving, you, I mean, you're getting, you're getting basically a laser sword, like a lightsaber, a giant one in this red and, and silver armor. Red Ronin, what a badass. And the, and the last page of Godzilla number seven is a giant double page splash showing them standing on, on, on a pad of, of rockets so, to, to see how big they are. And the, and, and the you know, tiny people are running away from them. It's like NASA rockets. And Godzilla and Ronin are standing there roaring at each other. And then in Godzilla 8, it all goes down. Red Ronin throws down with Godzilla. And it is just nothing short of just spectacular action. The one thing you got with these comics that you, you knew every issue uh, that, that you were going to get a giant throwdown. You were, they were heavy, heavy on action. Godzilla with his fiery breath, um, you know, uh, uh, Red Ronan with his laser sword. Again, S.H.I.E.L.D. is here monitoring, screaming. They, 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 they want to make sure that, that Godzilla, you know, isn't, isn't going to do more harm, but he's not also harmed himself. This is like Jack Kirby level throwdown badass action. It is these comics are so much fun. I cannot uh, 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 recommend them more to you. And and we're going to discuss about the one time that they were in fact collected. But then another one, because if you grew up in the 70s, you knew damn well that the 70s was all about Bigfoot, in search of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, um, and so uh, they, they give. 
a giant Bigfoot monster that's as big as Godzilla called Yetragar later on in, in, in Godzilla number 10. And the Battle of the Behemoths, Godzilla number 11, is Godzilla and Red Ronin teamed up against Yetragar, who is basically a mammoth, a, a, a you know, 10-story Sasquatch. And it's funny, it's like in the Grand Canyon, they're battling, and, uh, and, and there's a bunch of people on rafts paddling away on these covers. The covers have scale. They are just... So, so you got a lot of these great monster issues, and you got a lot of issues where S.H.I.E.L.D. and Red Ronin, who becomes a dedicated regular before he, you know, flies off to be a, a menace in the, in the Avengers books. Um, you know, they've got a dedicated cast of characters that they're building out for this book. And again, it really carries... Godzilla all across the country. Shield, he goes to Nevada, he goes to California, Seattle, you know, San Francisco. But then in issue 17, things get interesting. They shrink Godzilla. He shrinks down to the size of a mouse. And this is how um, they lose track of him and he uh, escapes into the sewers. And on issue um, 18, 17, 18, he is tiny and he is evading shield and he's now the king of all monsters in the sewers battling vicious rats, okay? And at the same time that this is happening, because in the comic, in these comics is the ad for Godzilla, you know, on NBC. Um, the Godzilla Power Hour, I was right, there it is. 9.30 Eastern time. Don't miss it, Saturday mornings. And I didn't. Um, but uh, of lizards great and small is when Herb Trimp and Doug Mensch decide to shrink our mighty Godzilla down uh, and, and, and he slithers away into the sewers. And the, 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 these, uh, these Henry, Henry Pym, Hank Pym, Ant-Man is the one who decides that, uh, you know, he, he, he oversees the mist that uh, creates the means with which that shrinks Godzilla. And, and again, th this cover with Godzilla battling this vicious rat, you know, it's it's called the Battle Beneath 8th Avenue, okay? It's really great. And, and, and then by the next issue, so Godzilla battles all the, you know, sewer creatures. It's really fun, really great. Again, Herb Trimp just had the best time. I, I was able to, uh, Herb Trimp did an epic run on Hulk. That's where he kind of made his name. He did an epic run of uh, what seemed like a gazillion issues of the Hulk through the late 60s, through the early 70s, and became really known as the preeminent Hulk artist of his time. And uh, it always delivered, always dependable, a, a huge bridge of silver to Bronze Age talent. In, his, uh, in this period of his life, he did Godzilla, he did the Shogun Warriors comic book, so he did all of the big giant monsters or mecha tech um, licenses that they had. And, and, uh, and, and he, he was having a blast. He told me he loved drawing these comics and you could, you could see it again. He's not ever phoning in any of these jobs in, um, one of, one of his later issues of the Hulk is when he introduces Wolverine. Herb is one of the co-creators of Wolverine and Hulk, uh, 181, I believe it is when, when Wolverine and Hulk battle Wendigo is, is one of the most important comic books you could ever have in your collection. So I think that, uh, I, you know, Herb, that was towards the end of his very long and storied, um, uh, uh, you know, run on, on the Hulk and, and guys like myself, that's, that's the Hulk we remember. That's the Hulk that we favor. And, and as a kid watching him go from the Hulk and then on to Godzilla and then on to, you know, uh, uh, Shogun Warriors, and then later he did some Star Wars. He was always um, dependable and entertaining. And 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 when I sat and and we got close because we were doing a bunch of shows, uh, 2013, 2014, uh, before he passed away, we got so close that he sent me an unpublished uh, issue of X Force, an inventory issue that he did in the 90s. That that again unpublished, not used. Sent me all the pencils, said, I wanted you to have these, Rob. Sent me a beautiful note expressing how he wanted me to have the possession of these. And uh, based on all of the dinners and the, and the, and the desserts and, and the talks and th that we shared about the joy of comics, his joy of doing um, Hulk and, and I think it was Phantom Eagle was another character he was responsible for, uh, introducing Wolverine and also 
this extended run, I told him how much I loved, you know, Godzilla and Shogun Warriors. And, and when someone is telling you how much their work touched them and they were at the end of their life as Herb was, but Herb was still so vibrant, unfortunately, again, he would pass away shortly after that in 2015, just wrenched my heart out. Anyone who knew Herb knew he was so great, but this body of work that he left behind and it had a profound, profound um, effect on me as a kid. Uh, th these Godzilla comics are just, they, they adhere to all the tenets of a great Marvel comic. They are staged great. They are, they, they are staged wonderfully, powerfully, and, and there is a copious amount of throwing down the dramatic... Uh, uh, scale is something that Herb excels at. He was very much uh, part of a... He, he definitely had all of the Kirbys of a Jack Kirby in, in his work. And, and, and one of the reasons that I go out of my way to bring that up is that he gets to flex that Kirby muscle of his uh, in Godzilla number 21 where Godzilla battles Jack Kirby's Devil Dinosaur. Jack created Devil Dinosaur as part of his new um, line of books that he was doing for Marvel in the late 70s. And in 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 the course of telling this, this uh, Godzilla saga, you know, and in the Baxter building with Reed Richards, because they're trying to get him back to full size. And now before he gets back to giant, you know, multi skyscraper size Godzilla, he's kind of approaching more dinosaur size. Again, he got so small, he was in the sewers battling the rats. Well, he comes across Jack Kirby's uh, Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. And so he absolutely gets to depict all of these great uh, Jack Kirby, uh, Jack Kirby characters Jack's Devil Dinosaur and Jack's Moon Boy and, and in the prehistoric in prehistoric times. And it's a two-issue crossover. So so again, he is so integrated. When, when Marvel got Godzilla, they made certain that you watched him walk through the Marvel Universe. And and where this is all leading, because it's a double two-part story with um, Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy, again, which was a standalone comic Marvel was publishing that Jack Kirby was writing and drawing at the time. So having Godzilla battle Moon Boy was probably a huge, giant um, thrill for both Marvel and for Jack Kirby. But by issue 23, the cover of issue 23 is Thor, it's Iron Man, it's Yellow Jacket, it's Wasp, and it's Vision. You have your entire Avengers assembled as Godzilla is battling these jets. And Vision says, stay back, Avengers. Only Yellow Jacket and the Wasp can stop Godzilla. Of course, they're going to probably fly inside of him and 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 manipulate him. But uh, you got J. Jonah Jameson in, in the Daily Bugle as Godzilla roars by and blows, uh, uh, you know, um, um, blows his powerful breath onto Joe J. Jonas Jameson's office and sends J. Jonah Jameson um, running for the safe cover of his desk. And the Avengers alarm goes off and it's Thor. And here it's Cap and Scarlet Witch and Vision and Iron Man and Yellow Jacket and Wasp. And the Avengers must assemble. And the Fantastic Four show up on the team, uh, on, on the scene to tell them how dire the situation is. And there's a panel here on page 22 where all of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four are flying into the conflict okay they're flying into the conflict with godzilla so so imagine as a kid who ran home full sprint six seven blocks to reach the tv set and watch destroy all monsters week and watch godzilla battle kong and ghidra and mothra and mecha godzilla okay and now He's battling the Avengers, your favorite Marvel heroes, your favorite Marvel superheroes. And 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 Godzilla number 24 is uh is 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 when uh they 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 say farewell to their two-year license and and where they where they finally um you know uh begin to shut shut it all down and they culminate this with again the the second part of of this this storyline and it's uh it, it's a great romp it's just a great romp again you got thor you got human torch you got iron man and and marvel must have just it's like it's like they dangled this the entire time they had shield um corralling him for the best part of of 20 um of, of 20 you know 20 some pages and uh and i'm telling you i mean 20 some issues 
Dum Dum Dugan, Nick Fury on the scene, and uh, Spider-Man appears in the last few pages to get a picture of Godzilla before he disappears into the, uh, you know, into into the water, into the harbor, and and vanishes. And and uh, and so so I mean, Spider-Man and Godzilla, okay, Fantastic Four and Godzilla, Avengers and Godzilla, the champions in Godzilla, Devil Dinosaur for two issues. This was a spectacular run. It was monthly. Um, it was a blast. I do not know why it ended after two years. I've never um, delved deep into that, you know, but that doesn't stop me from maybe doing that search right now and 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 and, uh, and, and completing that uh, that <laughs> answering some of these questions because I got an iPhone just like you. I, I can do that search right. Um, but there's there's really good. There's really good news to come of all of it towards the end of this. Um, I'm going to tell you if you can track down the one time all of these were compiled and published. Okay. Um, the, uh, and, 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 and you can actually see if you can get the collected version of this. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the thing is, uh, it says here that Godzilla, while he was published by Marvel, uh, ranked, um, no, that's, that, that, that's just, you know, in some, in some list it, it ranked number 23, but the, uh, the bottom line was we were blessed by this two year, 24 issues of, uh, of Godzilla interacting with the entire Marvel universe and Dr. Demonicus and, and Red Ronin and Yetrigar and Bat Dragon and, uh, you know, Spider-Man ends with the, uh, you know, the second to the last page. They knew what they were doing. They're saying goodbye to Godzilla. So you're going to get your number one most, most popular, most popular uh, uh, Marvel character to snap a picture as he does of Godzilla wandering into the harbor. And it was kind of poetic as he then disappears and, and it's over. It's it's done. He, uh, You know, um, it, it's Mattel who was putting out the, the toys with Shogun Warriors at the time. So, so again, between the NBC uh, Godzilla cartoon and this fantastic Marvel series. And again, there is, as I have looked through every one of these issues, uh, as I have been talking to you, they, I wanted to get my, my, my original color issues out and look at them because uh, I generally only interact with this series the last, uh, you know, better part of a decade because, and here's what I'm talking about. Marvel did an essential, the essential, um, Marvel line is all of their stuff in black and white, like phone book. Um, uh, format. They they do phone books. They make them nice and 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 thick and do twenty to thirty issues a pop, and uh, and they reprint all the line art. And this is fantastic because I love having it. It's always on my nearby shelf uh, because again I'm very aware that this is the only time for whatever reason they reprinted this work. Now this was originally released in 2006 so you're gonna have to hunt on ebay if you want this it's got the spectacular number one cover it's slightly recolored with today's computer coloring you know but it reprints the entirety of godzilla one to one through 24 so you and here, here's the back issue blur uh you have your fear which might become reality and you have godzilla which is reality a quote from godzilla king of monsters King of the Monsters, 1956, is on the back of this compilation. And it shows Godzilla battling Red Ronin. And it says, and what a reality it was. For two years, Japan's greatest export was one of Marvel's biggest stars. And the King of Monsters upheld his title against some of the best and worst the House of Ideas had to offer, including the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Nick Fury, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Godzilla shrinks, he goes west, travels through time, and hosts... One of Spider-Man's most gratuitous guest shots ever. Plus aliens, mutants, mad scientists, and almost a dozen more giant monsters. This is a great compilation. They never did it in color. I don't know why. I don't know how Marvel was able to secure the license to do these just in the line art. But there it is. Spider-Man got the last shot before he wanders off. And our glorious time of Godzilla in the time of Marvel. I mean, this is Godzilla, Godzilla in the time of Marvel, Godzilla, the Marvel age. If you grew up and you ran home and you watched those movies and you were totally, you know, under the, the spell of these monsters, 
then this comic series was exactly what the doctor ordered for you. You dug it. And you got a Godzilla cartoon on Saturday mornings that ran from the 1978-79 season to 79-80. And then you got the toys and the re-release of the toys. Now, you're going to go, Rob, why not the Dark Horse stuff? Why not the... I don't care about any of that. All the other licensed stuff and King Kong is woefully thin. I mean, there's so little good King Kong stuff. But if there was a King Kong series that where he battled the FF and the Avengers, or let's say DC got it, and he battled Batman and, and the Justice League and, and the Legion and the Titans, I'd talk about it. This Godzilla series is a gem. This is one of those uncut gems. You got to dig for it. You got to find it. Is it in the back issue bin? It is. But shows like this are going to make it harder to obtain. Um, I'm not, I'm sure, going to be the only one who has knowledge of this, who who, who who experienced this in their childhood. But this was a, after my missing the first two issues on my newsstand distribution, like I said, ordering Godzilla number one, my only comic I ever ordered through the mail. Uh, I was, I, I never missed an issue. It was just absolutely one of my top comics and Marvel did the best possible uh, job they could have ever done. They were so good with their licenses back then, whether it was ROM, which was a really a failed toy that went on to 75 issues, or the Micronauts, a, a kind of a me medium-selling toy that they kept going as a license for almost a decade. I mean, Marvel would commit to these licenses, and they handled them better than anyone I've ever seen uh, before or since. I mean, they literally would always clearly carve out that there was interactions that could take place. Now, some of this is a detriment to Micronauts or ROM getting reprinted, but clearly Marvel was able to get this essential. And look, so this Godzilla, this this these, this essential line where they do their phone book version, the black and white newsprint, but you get it all in one printing. It's very professional. It's really nicely done. They're, unfortunately with this, there is no interesting forward or any more, you know, um, anything more to glean. My, my, my casual glance at the internet during this episode was just kind of recapping everything I already told you myself. Just the contents. It really talked about the contents. But, you know, um, if you can get this, look, there's a couple thousand of these out there at least. Marvel wouldn't flip the printing press on these if they didn't go to press in the tune of a few thousand. So there's thousands of these out there. You just got to find them. And I'm, I'm, I, I think maybe, you know, maybe your retailer doesn't even know he has them. Uh, I got mine in, in like 2010. I was in uh, at a sale at a uh, store called Beach and Ball, Beach Ball Comics, uh, owned by the wonderful Thomas Gall. And uh, I, uh, Tom's a good guy, and, and I uh, saw this essential. I did not know Marvel did an essential. Again, they did this in 2006, so you're looking at a 15-year-old a, a um, uh, uh, production here. But if you can get on and find it, you won't regret it. If you can buy the back issues of the comic, you'll have a blast. They are big. They are awesome. Um, Herb Trimp did all but two issues, which Tom Sutton did. They are giant throwdown, giant monsters, great superhero action. I mean, Fantastic Four sending Godzilla back in time to encounter Jack Kirby's Devil Dinosaur is a great symmetry of old Kirby and new Kirby at the time. At the, at, you know, at the time it was new Kirby. Devil Dinosaur was fresh to us 70s kids. But look, the Marvel Age of Godzilla does not fail to deliver all the goods. It is spectacular. It is wonderful. We can hope one day there is a proper color re, um, recollection of this stuff. Uh, look, the movie that I just saw was was wonderful. I'll have it on in the background all weekend long as I do my work. Adam Wingard, you knocked yourself out. Uh, it never felt better or more satisfying. I loved the Hollow Earth stuff. I love Monarch. I love, you know, all the different corporations, Apex, all of this stuff that they have working, I, I hope they really can uh, can can make a great next chapter in the MonsterVerse. But if it never goes further than this, this was spectacular. Kong, Godzilla, the throwdown is fantastic. I loved it. And I loved that it gave me this excuse to revisit this epic period where Godzilla threw down with the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and all of the Marvel icons. I mean, I guess the only thing that it was missing is Hulk and and Godzilla under the under the pen of of, of Herb Trimp, which would have kind of been the same symmetry that, that I'm talking about with Kirby and the Fantastic Four and the uh, and and the Devil Dinosaur symmetry. But these are great. Hunt them down if you can. Even a couple of them, they're not. Every issue I opened is entertaining, is satisfying. Whether it's the Yeti, the Super Sasquatch, the Isle of Monsters, uh, 
Dr. Demonicus. Um, again, it's just such, I, I'm excited because these are more relevant today than they've ever been. And think of the age we live in, this Marvel MCU age, and now this MonsterVerse, which has gotten four movies under their belt. And uh, and I think they're all really good movies. I, I, I have my favorites, but I, I think they're all worth checking checking out. I think Legendary has done a good job as a steward of these films, and I'm glad that they made them in conjunction as they did with Warner Brothers, and they gave us this good time. But imagine if, you know, as I did, because I experienced this, because I lived these comic books, that, that a S.H.I.E.L.D. Heli carrier is flying overhead while Godzilla and Mechagodzilla and Kong throw down and maybe maybe somewhere on there the the you know Falcon and 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 the Avengers are there ready to pounce and 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 at that point you know it's just you know more of, of, of what I grew up on being seen on film and and being and taken from this great source material I mean you can dream a boy can dream right a boy who ran home at at lickety sprint pace with Nathan and Kenneth and Paul and we would get to my house and we would turn on Monster Week, destroy all Monster Week and we would watch all those movies and then the age that followed with the toys, the cartoons and this great comic book. It's just so fun to revisit. You guys, thanks once again, as always, for doing this with me. If if you didn't know about the Marvel Godzilla uh, series, you do now. It's great. It's worth checking out. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it gives you some escape um, as it has me uh, I, I, I in, in anticipation of this, I went through these yesterday, and then of course I walked through them again with you today. The Essential Godzilla is out there somewhere if you can order it, and I, I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say as we, uh, you know, interact uh, on social media as as we do. Thank you for reaching out to me on Twitter. I am at Robert Leifeld on Instagram. I am at Rob Leifeld. Both have the blue check. Both are really me. I am not going to ask you to den- to, de- to know. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to donate to some shady stuff, okay? So just uh, love talking to you guys on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, and, and, and just know that the blue check signifies it's really me. On Facebook, on social media, I'm all over the place. I'm, all, I'm always out there talking to you guys. Um, if I say that I like something, I'm sure you'll find a reason to tell me why I'm wrong. That's why we all love social media, don't we? So you guys um, are going to enjoy... This weekend, you are going to take care of yourself. Please stay safe. And we will talk again real soon.